Hi, everybody. I just want to thank y'all for tuning in again on Living Hope Episode 4. I'm really excited for what the Lord's going to do on this episode. And I just want to um, welcome Jesus. Yes, it's such a privilege to be here. I'm thankful. We're so we're so honored to have you. Um, and I just kind of, you know, I'm going to let, we're going to let the Lord do its thing. And um, we're really inspired of what God has done in his life. And we just need to get, you know, Jesus out there and what he's done in people's lives. And um, I can't wait for y'all to hear this testimony. And, um, yeah, so. Can you get that or just can you take it? Either one. Either one. It's all good. Because Anthony was like, well, can you just speak and I'm like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Either one. Either okay. One is cool. So, Jesse, I just kind of want to ask, you know, how did you find the Lord? Um, That's a good question. So. Uh, he found me, um, if I can be honest with you. Um, I was, so I was born and raised in the church, okay. you know, and we went to, um, like, I think every Hispanic family, I mean, no offense, but every Hispanic family in Seguin, I think we all went to Our Lady of Guadalupe Church, yes. right? <laughs> and yes. uh, um, so I went there, and my mom took me there, and I, I did my first Holy Communion there, um, and I was I was pretty much raised in this church, you know, and... Um, when I turned about 10 years old, I had just got done with my first Holy Communion and my mom comes in and she's just like uproots and she's like, okay, we're leaving. And I'm like, oh, wow, where are we going? You know, and she's like, well, I found this amazing church and I went to a service with my friend and I just felt the Lord speak to me and we're moving. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, what's the name of this church? And she's like, it's called Hillcrest Church. Um, and for those of you who don't know what Hillcrest Church is, it's... Um, it's an Assemblies of God church here in Seguin, Texas. And, uh, um, yeah, so my mom, she she pretty much uproots us from the Catholic church, and she puts us in this Pentecostal church, you know. And uh, um, I start going, you know, I start, you know, meeting new friends and stuff like that. And, uh, um, you know, it, it was there at Hillcrest Church where, you know, in Sunday school and, in you know, all the things that they provided there that I was able to learn scripture and, you know, I was taught scripture at a young, young age and all the leaders there really invested in me, mm, you know. Did. Yeah. And they just, you know, they poured into my life. There was men there um, that poured into my life. And, uh, um, you know, me growing up in a single home environment where I just had my mom, yeah. I didn't really have my father with me. So, um, you know, I needed men in my life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, they really just poured into me and loved on me and taught me scripture and you know, whenever uh, um, I graduated eventually, so, you know, I would start off in children's church, and then I was doing Sunday school, and then, you know, I grew at Hillcrest, and I grew into the youth ministry, and, you know, it was around 13 or 14 when I started just taking God more serious. You know, when you're at that age, when you're young, and you really don't know what's going on, but you're getting taught all the Bible stories yes. and stuff like that, you know, and um, I, I wasn't really taking it too serious, but whenever I went into youth ministry, you know, these guys were like jumping around the altar, yeah. crying with their face on the floor and, you know, um, just jumping, just filled with the Holy Spirit and, and excited, you know. And, and uh, it's a lot of like what the Catholic doesn't do. Yes. You know, it's, it, we're yes. all serve one God, but no, us too. When we were raised in the Catholic, we were just kind of like, you know, we didn't have all that excitement for Jesus. And yeah. so when you go to something like that, you're like, what are y'all doing? Like, yeah. no, I, and it's, it's so live. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much like, um. You know, um, 
I, I, you know, I look at the Catholic Church, and they're Christians, you know, because yeah. they believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You know, they believe he died on the cross for our sins, you know, but, um, you know, where in different areas, you know, in different um, denominations, they kind of just, they cut out the middleman and they go straight to the source and they teach you how to do that. You know, and it's no offense to any kind of denomination yes, or religion absolutely. or anything like that. But because to me, it's all Jesus. It's all kingdom. Yes. It's all, you know, that's what I'm about. You know, um, if you ask somebody or you ask me, you know, what I'm saying about me. Um, yes, I'm, I'm at Hillcrest Church, but yeah. uh, it's not Hillcrest Church. It's Jesus. Yes. It's all Jesus. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, um, you know, when I was about 13, 14, I go into the youth group and I see all these kids and they're just like they're jumping up and down. Like I'm telling you, they're crying. Um, you know, some are praying out loud and it was there, um, in that gym at Hillcrest church where I just, I gave my life to Jesus mm -hmm. and he began to do something in, me, you know, and, uh, um, when I turned, um, uh, I was there for about two years and when I turned about four, I think I was 15 or 16, I could be wrong somewhere around there, but when you gave your life to Christ, no, I was, I was 13. Um, I when was, you gave your life, when I gave my life to Christ. Yeah. But yeah. At, at the age of about 15, 16, you know, um, one thing, uh, you know, where I was at, they switched youth pastors. Okay. So I was real connected with my old youth pastors. And then we had this new youth pastor come in and I didn't, you know, I'm not going to say like, I didn't like the guy or I didn't, it's you know, changed. but it's changed, you know, and you know, like, I know like people don't always like change, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and, and you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? I know, you know, um, or they're not too comfortable with coming out of comfort, you know yes. what I'm saying? So that was me. You know what I'm saying? I was just a kid. I didn't know what was going on. And to me, it was just like, oh, this is just another man out of my life. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So, okay. yeah. so I started like, you know, um, I kind of stepped away, you know, and at that time, my mom had transitioned. So she got a job in San Marcos. Okay. So we started living in San Marcos, but we were still coming to church, you know, and uh, um, when I hit about 15, 16, I started to turn, I'm not going to say I turned my back, but I completely just flipped the script. Like, you know, I started doing things and seeking that acceptance that I was looking for, you in know, the world. outside of the church. So I started looking to the world and, uh, um, you know, I, whenever I, whenever I sought this, you know, I, I found it. In fact, I found everything I was looking for, you know, um, out there in the streets. And, you know, I had family members who, um, you know, I was raised with as a kid. And, you know, whenever I came back into their life, um, you know, I saw that they were all grown and they had formed a gang, you know, and uh, um, I know in Seguin, Texas, you're like, man, it's just a gang, you know what I'm saying, because it's small, but, you know, in reality, that's what it was, you yeah. know what I'm saying, we all stuck together, had each other's back, and um, really just did crazy things, you know, so anyway, during this time, you know, um, I'm not going to church anymore, mm -hmm. um, I'm pulling away, uh, I meet my beautiful wife, um, well, she wasn't my wife then, but she is my wife now. Uh, and, you know, we we got pregnant at a real young age. You know, uh, I think I was 17 when I had my first son. Um, and he's now 14. Uh, and he's just an awesome, awesome young man, by the way. You know what I'm saying? I, I just, I love him. We love uh, he yeah, he really <laughs> just surprises me all the time with Aww. some of the stuff he does. Um, and... You know, it was it was then when when she got pregnant, and that's when it just started getting crazier mm -hmm. and crazier and crazier. You know, after him, not even a year and a half later, I had my daughter, and then a year later, I had my youngest. Mm -hmm. You know, we were just having kids back to back, and we were kids having kids. Yeah. You know that that's what we were, and 
you know, um, during this time, I, you know, um, you know, in this gang life, you know, I, I eventually joined the gang with my cousins. Uh, I started selling dope. I started using dope, um, you know, smoking weed and just drinking and, you know, and that eventually left, led uh, into cocaine, using cocaine and selling cocaine. And uh, um, just it just kept going. It's it felt like just like you know, you know, and it felt like I was elevating, but really I was just going down, spiraling down. You know what I'm saying? And uh, um, you know, it, it it just got crazier and crazier until a point where my wife's like, you know, she has a lot of her family that that are um, in San Antonio, and uh, um, she she's like, I'm moving. You know, I'm done. I'm leaving. Like, I can't do this no more. Like, I can't be here no more. Mm. You know? Um, so were you living this life and then your wife was trying to pull you out of it? So, so no. She was she was just, you know, she was she was pulling me out of it, but she wasn't saved either. So okay. she, didn't, she didn't know Jesus either, yeah. you know, but she was, she actually had a good head on her shoulders yeah, okay. <laughs> to where she was like, uh, this isn't right. Dude, this like, is not cool. We could do better. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, you know, we eventually moved to San Antonio, okay. and uh, I got really acquainted with uh, her brothers, okay. you know, and they became like my brothers, yeah. you know, and because I didn't know nobody in San Antonio. I mean, you got this small town kid, you know what I'm saying, that was raised in Seguin, Texas, and he just goes to San Antonio, and when I was here in Seguin, I'm like, oh, man, I'm the, you know, I'm selling dope, and I know all these things, I know the street life, you know, mm-hmm. but going into San Antonio, uh, it just opened my eyes a lot because over there they bought that life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There is is dangerous. San Antonio is a dangerous place. It's a beautiful place, but it's also a dangerous place and has a dark side, like everywhere. Yes. You know, and uh, um, you know when I went over there, I, I took the things that I learned here and I tried to take them over there. You know, but eventually that just ended up me being more addicted to drugs. Um, and I like I said, I got real acquainted with her brother, and uh, um, this went on for years. You know. Um, and it was just so unstable. Me and my wife, we were, you know, in in different locations. And when I say that, like, we were everywhere. Like, we would have a, an apartment, and then we'd be in a hotel, you know, the next week. And then um, we'd end up losing that apartment because we got into an argument or something crazy happened, you know, in our life. And, uh, um, and we're in a hotel for a while, and then we end up getting back on our feet. You know, I'd find a job somewhere, and then we'd be on our feet for a little while and find a nice little place, you know, and... Um, back into a hotel and we would fight or something crazy would happen, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, um, all these different things, you know, um, were all like I was on drugs through, through the entire thing that, you know, that entire season of our life, like I was just on drugs, mm-hmm. you know. Um, a couple of years ago, um, like I said, this went on for, for, for a while while we were over there and uh, a couple of years ago, we... Um, Something, it, it was a, it was a, it was a moment in both of our lives that it, it opened my eyes and it opened her eyes a lot too. Um, but like I told you, I got real acquainted with her brothers, mm-hmm. you know, and, and with one of her older brothers in particular, you know, we were just close. We were going out every weekend, yeah. you know, in San Antonio, we were, um, you know, at every club you could probably think of in San Antonio, um, drinking, using drugs, you know, getting high, just out there in the streets, just living it, you know. And, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, we th- we were going to all go out, 
you know, we were going to all go out like we like it was like another weekend to me like, hey, yeah, we're about to, you know, I'm about to go get my, you know, I'm about to go get my weed. I got some drinks. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm going to pick you up. Let's do this. And, uh, um, you know, he's like, nah, man, tonight, like, I think you should just hang out with my sister, you know? And I'm like, what? Like, we, we always go out. What are you talking about? Like, you know what I'm <laughs> saying? <a> duo. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you don't go nowhere without me. I don't yeah. go nowhere without you, you know? And, uh, um, and like, that's what it was. But uh, he's just like, you know, he said that, and I'm just like, eh, you're right. I think I'm just going to hang out at home. You know what I'm saying? So we ended up hanging out at home. And, um, you know, later that night, uh, I, you know, I just, I get completely drunk. Like, I'm just out of it, you know? And I end up falling asleep. But uh, it was around 3 in the morning. Four, four, three, four in the morning when we got a, a phone call, and uh, it was my wife's mother, and she's just like crying, like crazy on the phone, and we're like, "What is going on? Mm. You know, like what's wrong with you? What's going on?" And she's just like, "Oh, we need to go. We need to go." And I'm like, "Go where?" You know, and she's like, "We need to go to the hospital." You know, and I'm like, "Okay." So she names this big hospital that's in San Antonio, and um. Um, we, we get there and, you know, the nurses aren't telling us anything. Um, no one's saying anything and everything is just quiet, you know, and, um, everybody's crying, you know, and we, we came to realize that her younger brother was injured. So, mm -hmm. so what happened was in San Antonio, apparently they had went out that night. Right. So, um, like I told you, I was going to go with them. So they went out to this club, um, and uh, that they actually said they weren't going to go to, but apparently they did anyway. So they go to this club, and her youngest brother was shot. And then a cousin of ours that's really close to us was also injured and shot. But they wouldn't give us any news about her older brother, yeah. you know? And, uh, um, and they're like, well, we have to wait till the whole family gets here, right? So everybody gets there, and then they're like, okay, we got to wait for this nurse to get here. Um, so I guess the nurse or a doctor gets there, and then finally, you know, they, they allowed the family to go in the room, and then they set us all down, and they're like, you know, um, they give us the time and the date and everything and how it happened, but um, they let us know that we lost um, her older brother. Um, he was shot and uh, uh, multiple times, you know, and uh, um, he, didn't, he didn't make it, you know. And right there you know i mean everybody's just going crazy you know everybody's crying everybody's just going crazy like you know um you know we we you know of course you know his family and everybody's just crying going crazy and me in my mind i i like i wanted to cry right because i'm i grown so close to him and i was but it just wasn't real to me you know and uh we were there for several hours and then they finally came back in and they're like we're gonna allow you to see the body you know, so I was like, okay, I got to go see this, yeah. you know, so I, had, I need to confirm this is real. Yeah. In my mind, you know, inside. So, you know, um, they opened up this room and they allowed us to go in and I went in by myself and I saw him, uh, laying there and that moment is what made me realize, you know, I, I'm able to speak on it now without like tearing up or anything. Cause it's, it's been so long, you know, but um, you know, it was at that moment that I realized that life was short, like really, really short. And God is real because he has been with me, like since the beginning, 
you know, it's crazy because, um, like, before all this happened, you know, like, back, you know, let's, let's rewind a bit. Like, in those days, whenever I was out here running the streets, you know, there was times in my life where I don't even realize how I dodged it. But, you know, like, now I look at it from a mature, you know, point of view. Like, I look at it, and God's been with me the entire time. Like, there was times when, you know, I, like, you know, you know, like I told you, we're involved in gangs and street life. We were in, we would go to other cities, bigger cities, and, you know, there'd be people and they'd shoot at us. You know, I never in my life have never been as scared as hearing a bullet fly by my ear, you know. But, like, um, I realized, like, God was with me the entire time. You know, there's been moments where, you know, I've had family members who were involved in my gang and, other friends that are just they're just crazy you know what i'm saying they're going out doing crazy stuff and then they end up getting caught up by the police or something and i just happen not to be there that night or i just happen not to go that night or i just happen not to be involved in the altercation that they had that night and i realize now like i said from my from this point where i'm at in life right now is that you know god's been with me that yeah. entire time you know and when i saw him laying there on that bed you know um saw him laying there it just opened my eyes to a lot of different things but it also didn't change nothing I ended up going more I, I, I actually spiraled further down you know after that time after you know after he passed away and you know we had the service arrangements and all these different things you know we went through a phase where um, I started chilling out a lot and I started just hanging around at home more. I wasn't going out. I wasn't doing nothing. You know what I'm saying? I was actually working. I was holding a job, you know, yeah. and uh, um, I was like, you know, something's got to change. You know, I've got to do something different. I can't do this anymore, you know? And uh, um, my wife is the same. She's just like, something does have to change. Like, we, I want to go to church. Yeah. You know, she just, out of nowhere, like one day, she's just like, I want to go to church. I don't know where, but we got to do something. And we're living in San Antonio at the time, and I'm like, I'm not even from here, yeah. you know. So I don't know nothing here, you know. And um, I'm like, the only thing that I do know is where I'm from, you know. what I'm saying in Seguin, there's a church that I grew up in, yeah. And it's called Hillcrest Church, and that's the only place I know. And if you want to go, we can go back there, you know, because I mean, I, it's gonna be a drive, but I mean, we can do it, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh. uh so she's just like, yeah, let's let's just go, you know. So I attend one Sunday. I come back, and of course, there's people, you know, the culture there. There's there's people that've been there, you know, 20, 25 years, thirty years, you know, and they see me. They're like, Jesse, <laughs> you know. I got little older ladies, you know, that used to be like spiritual mothers in my life, you know, yeah. that used to be my Sunday school teachers, and they're coming up to me like, hey, how are you? We've been praying for you, you know. We've been, you know, uh, you know, we've been. We, we're so glad to see you, you know, and there was just so much, like, it, it felt like just going back home, you know, going back to church, you know, and I was just like, like, I never left, you know, and, uh, um, you know, during this, this time, you know, uh, I started, like, God started opening my eyes, and I was like, man, I gotta do something, you know, so I attended St. Philip's College, um, and I, uh, they had a program um, that offered a trade to, to get your CDL, to, so to drive 18-wheelers and stuff like that. So I go to this school, and I'm like, man, I've never been to school. I've never done nothing like this in my life. You know, I don't know nothing. I hardly, I barely even graduated, you know. Um, I don't even have a high school diploma. I got a GED, you know. And, uh, um, you know, 
they accept me in. And then on top of everything else, the Lord, now that I look at it, I look back now, the Lord provided a way for me to go there, you know, a way for me to get there. And I'm going to get back to that in a minute because there's, there's something amazing that happened with all of that, right? So, um, you know, I eventually finished school and I get my CDL and I, um, I, I join a, instead of going straight into the workforce, uh, driving 18 wheelers, mm-hmm. um, I found something more local. You know, because I didn't want to be away from home. And yeah. inside of me wasn't ready to just be on the road. You know, even though my license and everything, school is like, hey, you're ready to hit the road, bro. Like, you know, you can go make some serious cash, you know. Yeah. Uh, I just felt like sticking more local, you know. So I stuck around local job. And uh, um, during this during this time, I had I had became, you know, I, I got this job in um, I was introduced at this job by a certain individual there. I was introduced to methamphetamine and, you know, he's just like, you know, he starts bringing up things and he's just like, well, it's just like cocaine, you know? And I'm like, oh, well, I know cocaine. I know who that is. You know what I'm saying? I used to do that, you know, all the time. I loved it. You know what I'm saying? It was great, you know? And um, I started using methamphetamine and it was there at that time where I just started just going downhill, like just completely downhill. You know, I lost my job. Um, I was just spiraling out of control, just going down, further down, further down, further down. I would be up for two, three days in a row, you know, just awake, no food, no water. And I began to hallucinate. And that even opened my eyes to see, like, man, God is real. Because, like, you know, I would see things that, you know, if I were to say stuff on this podcast, it would just, you wouldn't believe me. It'd be crazy, you know. And, uh, um it was at that moment where I, I saw that God was really real. And I'm like, I cannot quit on my own. Like, I've tried to let this, I've tried to, I'm trying to let meth go. I'm trying to let, let go of this drug, but it has a hold on me, yeah. you know? And uh, um, so I ended up going to rehab, wow. you know, and it's, a, um, it's an outpatient program. So, you know, you're not staying there. You know, because I realized, like, my kids still need me in their life. They still need to see daddy. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're such, they're so, they were so young then, you know. And uh, um, I was, you know, I would go to rehab. And sometimes I go to rehab high. You know, I'd be on meth and I just, I'll go high because I just, you know. But, you know, rehab, I'm not going to say it didn't work. But it was the beginning of God doing something in me there. Because when I went into rehab, I saw scriptures on the wall and, you know, I saw all these different things and, you know, I joined a, a life recovery group at, that Hillcrest offered at, at the time. And, and they actually still do offer it to this day. But I joined this life recovery group and then I started learning scripture more. And, uh, um, you know, when I came back to church, I was kind of like uh, I was the Sunday and Wednesday Christian. You know what I'm saying? So like Sunday mornings, I'm there. Right. But I'm there hungover. I'm there like high from like three days in a row, like a binge that I had just stayed up all night, you know, and Saturday I'm sleeping all day because I didn't get to spend time with my kids, you know, like they deserve. So Sunday morning I'm at church with my hands up and everybody else is praising the Lord, I I guess, like thanking him. Right. And I'm like, take this away. Like, I cannot do this by myself. Like, take this, you know, and, uh, um. You know, I, I'm in these different recovery programs, uh, rehabs and stuff like that working. And I'm like, you know what? None of this is working. Like, none of this crap is working. You know, I'm like literally there. Like, I'm done. 
you know, and I'm at a point where I'm just like, I'm just going to leave y'all. I'm going to leave my wife and my kids because I can't continue to do this to you, you know, and, uh, you know, God is faithful. He really is faithful. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know how I got this idea, but I'm like, well, maybe I'll just, I'll put this CDL driver's license to work and I'll hit the road, you know, and, um, I go out and I find one job and it's just not suitable for me. You know, I'm working 14 hours a day and it leads me to use again, mm. you know, because I'm out there 14 hours a day and I came home and there was one week I, I stayed out for like a whole week. Um, you know what I'm saying? Because I was working with this company and I think I came home and slept for like two hours and then went back to work, slept home for like another four hours, went back to work, you know, and it just, it really, I'm not going to say it was that, but inside of me, I still had those, those things in me. Temptation. Yeah, it was still there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I still wanted to use the drugs. So what did I do when I got my first check? Mm -hmm. I'm high again, yeah. you know? And I'm, like, at a point in life where I'm, like, church isn't working. Um, uh, this job thing is not working. I'm just, I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, so I quit this job, right? And I felt, you know, at that time, I didn't know it was the Lord speaking to me, but, um, you know, I felt like, try again. Try, find another job. Try again, you know? And, uh. So I found this company, um, um, leave it nameless, but it's out, in, it's out of New Braunfels, you know, and uh, uh, they they operate 18-wheelers, and and uh, um, I went there, and I sat down with uh, the owner. Well, he's one of the owners, you know, and he he's like, gives me this interview, and I start talking to him, and then he jumps in the truck with me, and he's like, all right, let's go on a test run. I want to see how, how you drive and stuff like that. So we take this 18-wheeler out, and I'm on the road, and we get to a parking lot, and he's like, man, you did really well, you know? And something inside me, at the time, I didn't know, but it, it was to me, it was a voice inside of me, and it's speaking to my heart and my mind, like, clear. And it was like, tell him the truth. You know, now I know it was the Lord, you know? But, you know, at that time, I didn't know, but it was like, tell him the truth, you know? And uh, I looked at him, and I'm like, he's like, I'm going to give you a chance. And I'm like, can I be honest with you right now, sir? And he's just like, yeah, go ahead. His name was Mr. Pepper. Right. And uh, I'm like, uh, uh, I'm like, can I be honest with you, Mr. Pepper? And he's like, yeah, go ahead. He's got this like country accent. Like he's straight, <laughs> you know, Texas, like straight. You know what I'm saying? One of those guys, you know, cowboy hat, cowboy boots. And yeah. he's just he's like, go ahead, you know, shoot it straight with me. What's going on? And I'm like. I'm right now in a place where I just left this job where I was at. And the reason I left is because I have a problem with drugs and I have a problem with methamphetamine and I'm trying to get my life right and I'm trying to stay away and I feel like this job will help me but also it'll help me stay home and it won't drive me where it's pushing me too hard but I'll be able to work a solid you know 10 12 hour shift and then make it home and sleep for like a good eight hours you know nine hours and I'm not going to be like stretched and you know nothing crazy and he just looks at me you know and I'm, I'm telling him I'm giving him all the details I'm just I'm almost crying and I'm sitting there telling him everything and he's just like looks at me, and he just, like, just dead silence for a minute, and he just goes, you know, God is good, and he's like, um, and I, I feel like God has a plan for your life, man, and then he's just like, drive the truck back to the yard, and it's an awkward 
drive back to you. Like, it's like quiet. Like, no one's saying nothing. He's looking at You're me. You're like, so do I got the job? Yeah, you know, oh. exactly. So, yeah, I'm glad you caught that. So, like, I'm sitting there like, you know, what happened? Like, you know, so I ended up, you know, I, I parked the truck and he just looks at me and he goes, when can you start? You know, and I'm like, right now, you know, like today. He goes, no, go home, get some rest. Start tomorrow. So I get off and I go in and his wife works in the office and she looks at me and she goes, did you get the job? And I'm like, yeah, she goes, I got to tell you something. And I'm like, what's up? Cause I told her, I told her everything I told her husband, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I don't know how he gave me this job, but Hey, look, he's, you know, he giving me a chance and you know, I'm, I'm telling her the truth too. And, uh, you know, little did I know the Holy Spirit was at work the whole time right there. Even through me, I was so immature in Christ. Like I had no idea what was going on. You know, I was just a, a guy who was raised in the church and then I left the church and then I started coming back to church and that's what it was, you know? Um, and, uh, um, she just like, I'm going to tell you something about my husband, you know, Mr. Pepper, right? She's like, he has the exact same story as you. And then she's like, look at that. And she pointed the plaque on the wall and little did I know that Mr. Pepper was a, a minister ordained minister you know and uh, uh she's like and he had he had a life just like yours jesse she goes so we're gonna we're gonna get you right you know we're gonna get you going you know so i get on this job right and i start working and i'm driving trucks and you know i'm trying to make it to church when i can you know what i'm saying and uh, um, i eventually slip up again you know what i'm saying and uh, i let them know and they give me a leave of absence I go back to the rehab. I'm trying to get it right again, you know, and then I come back and I'm like, look, I, I, I just keep doing this drug. So they're like, in rehab and in recovery and listening to a lot of spiritual mentors in my life, spiritual fathers that are now in my life, you know, they were saying things at the time. And they're like, are you reading your Bible? And I'm like, well, not as, not as much as I would like to, you know, I, I'm not doing what know as much but i'm just i'm going to church bro like that's enough dude and i'm like i'm worshiping <laughs> i'm worshiping at the altars you know what i'm saying like what what's going on like what do you mean what else you know yeah and i was sitting in on some sunday services and on some wednesday night bible studies and they're like the word of god is is uh sharper than a two-edged sword you know the word of god is you know how you fight back and the word of god is jesus the word of god is this and this and this and this and this and i'm like great what does that got to do with me and my drug problem, you know? So I get back on the road, and Mr. Pepper's like, yeah, come back. Come on. Let's go get back to work. So, you know, and of course, I mean, man, you know, Abby, there's a lot of details that I'm Absolutely. like, I'm trying to, like, I'm, I'm skipping over. You know, there was a lot more stuff that Absolutely. just, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm back on the road, and um, I'm like, you know what? I download the version Bible app, right? And I'm like, man, you know what? I'm just going to... Um, I'm just going to do what they say, you know what I'm saying? And I'm going to get it played to me. So I would work 12 hour shifts and without realizing it, you know, I'd skip meals because I would, um, I get paid by the load, you know? So there was times where I couldn't catch breakfast or lunch and then I'd make it home for dinner and eat one meal a day, you know? But little did I know that I was fasting, you know, now that I look back yeah. at it, like I was fasting during this time, you know, and I was just consuming the word of God. You know, and on the road, like, you know, I, I started with one chapter and I'm like, ah, like, it's just getting boring. So I'll turn it off. But then after a while, you know, 10 hours on just the road, because it wasn't like my previous truck driving job where I would get off and get on the truck, get off, and get on the truck. This one was just you're on the road. 
you know, you're just driving. So I start listening to the Gospels, and I started Matthew. And um, it was then that God started working. I started just consuming the word of God daily. And there was times where I'd be on the road. And then, you know, like while this is happening at church, I'm starting to be more active in church, you know. And I got this young youth pastor that was there at the time, you know, and he's there at Hillcrest Church. And, you know, shout out Pastor Isaiah. Um, you know, Pastor Isaiah Struve, love that guy. Um, but he's there, and he's just like, bro, I think you should join the youth group, and I think you should help me as a youth leader. You'd be awesome for these kids, right? And I'm like, bro, you have no idea what I'm dealing with right now. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm nowhere near ready to do something like that. You know, I'm still smoking cigarettes. You know, I'm staying away from the drug. I'm being clean for, for a while now, but I'm not ready for this right now. Like, you know, and uh, so I'm on the road, right? I'm, I'm working this, you know, and I'm on the wor- on the road, and I'm consuming the word of God every day. And every day and every night, my wife is like, what the heck is going on with you? You know, she's like, what is happening to you? You know, and I'm like, because she, like, you know, there'd be times when I come home and I'd just be like, I love you, you know? And, um, uh, you know, do you need help with anything? Do you need help with whatever, you know? And, um, you know, she's like, what, what's going on with you? You know, like, who are you right yeah. now? You know what I'm saying? And, uh <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And uh, um, so, like, I'm on the road, and I'm, I'm consuming the word of God. And little did I know I was fasting at the same time, you know. And uh, there was moments on the road where I would, you know, you know, I would hear the Bible read something out loud, you know, from the red letters or what Jesus would say from the, um, uh, from the Sermon on the Mount. You know what I'm saying? There was things that he said on there where I pushed pause, and I was just like, I'm, I'm not kidding. I'd be like, I'm on the highway, like on I-35, right? And it's busy. Like, busy, and I'm crying. I'm like, oh, my God, why? Like, I did that. You know, you said not to look at a woman, like, the way, you know, with lust, and and you've already committed it in your heart. And I'm, like, crying. I'm like, I've done that before. You know, and, uh, uh, like, I'm crying out to God right now. Like, and then I'm like, all right, let me wipe the tears, and I'm pushing play. And I'm like, I could have sworn there's been people, like, that passed by me that were like, this dude's crazy. You know, because I'm sitting there driving this big old, you know, 70,000-pound truck, you know, and on the highway, and I'm sitting there crying, you know what I'm saying, my eyes out, you know, and just hearing the word of God, like, you know, it just started doing something in me, you know, and uh, I remember one morning, you know, um, this went on for, for a while, you know, and I remember one morning, I'm like, it, it, it got to a point where I was like, yes, I'm ready for my, my morning time, I like getting in my 18-wheeler, because I'm going to, I'm going to push play, and it's going to read it to me, and I, I'm ready for that, like, I would look forward to this moment, you know, because in this time, it was just me, my truck, and God in the road, you know. So I wake up one morning, and uh, I'm doing my big, my regular thing, you know what I'm saying, and I get my coffee ready. I'm up at, like, it was like at 3 in the morning. I had an early load that day, and uh, my wife is cooking me something. and uh, I jump in, you know, I get to work, and I jump in my 18-wheeler, and I'm like, I'm about to push play. But then I'm like, I felt something inside me tell me, like, why don't you just worship why don't you just play, play, play some music, you know, and worship? So I'm like, yeah, I think I'll do that this morning, you know? So I get on the road, and if you've ever been from New Braunfels to Marble Falls, it's a beautiful ride, beautiful scenery, you know? And it's, it's a long drive, but it, it's a beautiful scene, you know? And uh, um, I'm driving up these hills and down these hills. It's pitch black out there. It's just me and the road, and I'm worshiping and crying, and, you know, um, right there. Right there, I pull over because I'm just in a moment with God, and 
right there, like from the from the top of my head all the way down to my toes, I'm just like everything feels like it's on fire. I'm like got chills like everywhere and I'm like yeah. So right there God baptizes me in the Holy Spirit. It wasn't in a church. It wasn't in some big deep Bible study. It wasn't in some it was in my 18-wheeler on the road in the presence of God with nobody else out there and that moment I threw my cigarettes out. I threw everything out. I'm like done with everything. Um, the next day, I call my wife. I'm like, we need to get married. And she's like, what? And I'm like, we need to get married. She's like, who are? Like, what? What? I'm like, I think we need to really get married. Like, you know, um, she's like, well, I've been with you for, you know, so many years. I mean, I thought we were kind of married. I'm like, no, but we need to do it in front of God and in a church, you know. And, uh, and like, you know, on the backside of everything, you know, I was already serving at the church. Like, I'm doing whatever they asked me to do. I'm like, do you need help cleaning? Like, I'm the best dishwasher. I don't care uh, who you are. Like, I'm the best dishwasher, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I'm not trying to boast or brag, but I could wash some dishes, you know what I'm saying? Um, just not just not at home. <laughs> you got to have to delete that part. You know, my wife's going to be like, what? No, nah, but, uh, uh, nah, but uh, um, you know, I start serving any way I can at the church, you know? Um, and I'm like, I'm helping set up, take down chairs, whatever I got to do you know, to serve in a I called Pastor Isaiah back, and I'm like, dude, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Like, because one thing I couldn't do is be in, in, a, in a room full of students where I'm like, okay, you shouldn't, you know, be drinking. Okay, yeah, I'm not drinking. But then I'm like, you shouldn't be smoking either. And then I'm sitting there smoking. You know what I'm saying? Or, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it was, um, so I start going into uh, um I start serving as a youth leader, and I start working with students. And then before I know it, I'm, I'm over a group of students. Um, he gives me, you know, um, we had, and in this time, we had small groups with students, right? So I had about six students when I first started. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but then I started realizing, like, from the life I lived and then the word of God mixed together, it's like I had everything I needed. You know what I'm saying? Because the things that they were facing, I'm like, oh, I've been through that. You know what I'm saying? They're like, oh, yeah, well, I was raised in a house without my dad. Oh, hey, me too. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then uh, I, I'm, able to, I'm able to walk with them through that. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, uh, well, I have a problem with addiction. I'm like, bro, you don't know what addiction is. You know what I'm saying? They're like, oh, well, I can't stop smoking cigarettes. I'm like, dude, I used to be addicted to meth, bro. Like, that's crazy. You know, but I used to be addicted to cigarettes, too. Let's walk through that together. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, um, you know, like I said, I'm still on the road. I'm still reading. But now I got the Holy Spirit. You know, and I start praying in the spirit. Um, I'm not going to go into context with that, but if you don't know what praying in the spirit is, I recommend looking it up. Or, you know, if you ever need any kind of resources, I'm sure Living Hope will be able to provide that for you. You know, um, but, you know, I begin praying in the spirit and uh, I start, you know, just walking this thing out. And right there, you know, I started desiring other things other than, you know, I, I got to a point in life, I think I woke up one morning and I was just like, I had one of those, oh, my God, moments where I'm like, dude, I don't want to do drugs. Like, I, I just don't want to do it no more. Like, I'm, I'm chasing God. Like, I don't want to do that no more. And I'm like, I'm having one of those oh, crap moments. I'm like, wow, like, I really don't desire it. You know, I don't want it. You know, and, uh, um, you know, anyways, I'm serving, I'm working, and God speaks to my heart. And he's just like, you should go to school. 
you know, and during the time I was already being asked to like speak at like life recovery group meetings and stuff like that. So my lead pastor comes up to me one day and they had this big celebration for life recovery. And he comes up to me one day after I had got done speaking, I, I said a little bit of my testimony and then I spoke, you know, I, I started um, preaching a little bit. I had a little sermon. It was kind of like a testimony sermon, you know, that I delivered that day. And uh, right afterwards, we're sitting there eating and my lead pastor, he just runs up to me. I'm sitting there with like, you know, people who are dealing with addiction and you know, uh, depression, anxiety, all these different things that they walk through in life. I'm sitting with all these people, and he just sits right in front of me, and he's just smiling, and I'm like, what? You know, and he just <laughs> looks at me, and he's like smiling, and he's like, have you ever thought about being a pastor? And I'm like, uh, no. You know? <laughs> yeah, no. So, uh, you know, I kept eating and everything, but then, you know, a couple of days later, I started hearing his voice in my head, you know, and um, I started feeling God speak to my heart, and it's just like, you need, you know, you need to take some Bible classes, you know. So I started looking up classes, and then, you know, of course, the Lord provided a way for that, you know. And, uh, um, you know, the youth pastor at the time, he was just like, he gave me a recommendation for a school that was an Assemblies of God college, um, you know, for my credentials and stuff like that. So I started attending these classes online because, of course, I still had to work. I had a family, so... Um, I'm, I'm doing all this, you know, and, and the, you know, uh, I mean, years, it's already two years in, you know, and uh, um, I'm going to school, I'm working, and I feel God, like, tell me, like, you need to let it go, and you need to pursue school all the way, like, I need you to finish, you know, and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm trying, like, this is hard, like, you know, um, for those of you doing Bible college or, uh, you know, doing any kind of school with Bible, like, a, um, keep going because <laughs> I know what's up it's hard you know what I'm saying and every book has a book on top of a book so um just keep going press on um but anyways you know I uh I started uh, um just you know chasing school more and I let go of my job and of course Mr. Pepper and Miss Pepper understood they're like do your thing bro you know like make it happen like chase it you know so um a couple of uh it was the uh, let me see it was about a year and a half ago um, the youth pastor there, he's, he's like, hey, dude, I got to talk to you. And I'm like, okay. And uh, I'm sitting there at the gym. I'm um, working out. Me and my wife working out. I'm like, hey, it's like 9 o'clock at night, but the youth pastor wants to have a meeting with us, so let's go to his house, right? Uh, no, I'm sorry. We met at the park. We met at um, Central Park in Seguin. And uh, we sat down with him and his wife, and he started explaining to us about how the Lord opened the door for him to go to another place and how he had fulfilled his mission here in Seguin. And, you know, um, it all boiled down to, you're in charge. I'm leaving. And, you know, God's calling me somewhere else, me and my wife somewhere else, and you're going you're gonna to hang on to the reins for a while, you know, until Hillcrest figures out what they're going to do. And uh, um, me, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing and what you're talking about. Like, what? You're not going to leave. I just got here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you can't leave, you know? And, uh, um but yeah, the Lord called him to go to a different place. And uh, um, from that point on, um, I stepped into the role of, of uh, interim, you know, youth pastor interim. And, uh, you know, I was there for about a year. And, uh, and I'm like, God, what are you doing? You know, it was at this point where I'm just like, I've entered my wilderness. You know, sometimes the next level is the wilderness. You know, a lot of the times, you know, um, we don't realize that. You know what I'm saying? Um, just like the Israelites, they're in Egypt, right? And they get free. What's next? Wilderness, right? Little did they know they were like leveling up, but they were just like complaining about it. And I think we all can complain.
thing. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I found myself because there was moments in the time when I was driving, you know, my 18 whatever. I'm like, how did they complain so much, God? Like, you opened, you parted the sea. You know, you provided food. You know what I'm saying? You did all these signs and wonders, right? Uh, pillar of cloud by day, fire by night, and all these. How did they, you know? And when I'm sit, I was sitting there in this interim position, and I'm like, God, what are you doing? Where are you at? And he's like, remember when you asked me about the Israelites? Remember when you were questioning me at how they could just, you know, complain and complain and complain? What are you doing right now? You know, and I found myself in a season where I was just complaining. But I was also working full time and pastoring, you know, and it, and it got real challenging just because, I mean, if for those of you who do ministry, you know that ministry is not something that's part time. You know that it's full time. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's challenging. It has its up and is it, it has its ups and downs. But um, keep going, <laughs> keep going, keep pushing the plow. Um, so, um, you know, during the season, I'm like, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, and I'm like. No, I'm, I'm in a season where I'm working eight hours a day, but I'm doing sermon preps late at night. You know, mind you, I'm a, I'm a full-time husband, full-time father. You know, before any of this, you know, I'm, I'm a servant. I'm a full-time son of God. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm his, right? And, uh, you know, I'm sitting there asking, like, what are you doing right now? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, why can't I just go in? Is it because I'm not fully credentialed yet? Is it because I'm not... You know, I don't hold that, those papers yet. Like, what is it, you know? And, um, you know, during this time, they, they brought in other youth pastors to interview them. And, you know, and I'm like, God, you know what? Have your way, you know? And um, I'm like, I'm going to keep going. So during this time, I, you know, me and another brother of mine at Hillcrest Church, we began to uh, develop a men's group within Hillcrest Church because I saw that it was lacking a men's group, you know, at the time. And we, we began to just build this thing up, and it just started – like, you know, we started with, like, five, you know, men, and then it just went to, like, 20 men, and we're like, what the heck? And then, you know, we start meeting men from other churches, and we get involved in their, you know, in their outings and their, you know, retreats. And I saw God just begin to work in this men's group, and I'm like, okay, well, if this is what you want, then I'll fully invest myself in this men's group, and I'll just, you know, I'll just wait on the youth till they find a youth pastor. I'll just write sermons, I'll preach the word of God, and I'll love on these kids and, you know what I'm saying, I'll reflect Jesus and I'll just do that part, you know. I'll do, I'll do what you're calling me to do on this part, and, but I'm also going to invest in this men's thing, you know, and mind you, I'm working full time, you know, I got my wife, I got my kids, you know, all these different things going on, you know, and uh, um, I get a, a call and um, I had been praying on it a couple weeks, I'm like, God, you know, I know that if you open the door for me to be the youth pastor there, that I'll know that this is what you want, you know. And uh, I told some other brothers of mine that, you know, be began to, you know, we began to cling to each other. I'm like, guys, look, pray with me on this. Like, I'll know that this is what God wants. So I'm sitting there with one of those brothers that night, and we're having dinner at my house. And my lead pastor calls me, and he's just like, hey, you got a minute? And I'm like, yeah, you know. And uh, um, we started talking, you know, about some other issues that were going on within the church and stuff like that. But then he brings up um, – you know, this thing, he's like, well, I just had a meeting um, because we operate, you know, with boards and deacons and stuff like that. He goes, I just had a meeting. And uh, right now we're going to go with you as our youth pastor and we're going to open the door for you. Um, it's still part time, but we're going to we're going to go ahead and go with you, Jesse, as our youth pastor right now. And like, I'm like, can I call you back? <laughs> and then like I'm holding it in. Right. And he's just like, yeah, call me back real quick. I'm like, all right, cool. 
And I'm like, I hang up with him, and the other brother looks at me. He's like, bro, you said that if God opens the door here, you were going to do this more, right? And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like sitting there like, and then he's like jumping around in the living room. You know what I'm saying? He's like, praise God. Like, thank God, right? And I'm like, you know, I'm like, God, thank you. Like, I know this is what you want. So immediately I started, you know, just giving my time more and more to the youth. 